Welcome to another episode of the Social Work Cats Rocket Science podcast. Uh, Shall we introduce ourselves before we... Thank you. So I'm Rob Mitchell. I'm Principal Social Worker. Uh, I'm Ian Burgess. I'm a social worker as well. I'm a Muslim man. I'm a social worker. Uh, And I'm Elaine James. I'm a social worker. And I'm Brian Mitchell and I have no principles as we all... we bought them, didn't we? We A few years ago. With that dodgy deal we did. Fiverr. Somebody, <laughs> I, I changed them for two cans of pop and a meat pie. Um, uh, by the way, how was everyone's Christmas? Yeah, um, it was all right. We, we had, um, uh, I, I spend mine with family and it's always lovely. But if I'm honest, it, I, I, do you not get to the kind of end of it? It's like, that was lovely. Really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm ready now to be where we are today, which is we're, we're sat in, in the School of Rock and Media and they've properly created an actual roaring fire. And yeah, that's nice, isn't it? The kind of burning of the end of the season. I like that. I like that vibe. That bit that you were saying, you know, like where you get Christmas weary, starts for me around about November 15th. Oh, really? <laughs> oh no, you've had a long season then, oh. haven't you? You're definitely ready for the new year. Yeah, what about the rest of you? I was... uh, yeah, fine. Yeah, now back in work and it's dark and it's a bit miserable, isn't it? But um, I always think kind of with January, you've just got to get through. Yeah. And then February, about the second week of February, you really start noticing the, the light returning on an evening time. And I think, so for this for me is just a month to get through is January. And then in March, then Clinton's cards start putting Christmas cards back on display again. Uh, exactly. And you can yeah, start yeah, looking forward to it again. Prepping yourself for shot, getting yourself out of the sales for your Christmas bargains. I'll, I'll tell you what I did buy yesterday. I bought a Cadbury's cream egg, which is like always the sign Easter's around the corner. You need to know these things. Good. Uh, so the purpose of this podcast was to talk about um, how do we look after ourselves something about self-help, self-help, mm, the yeah. stuff around um, when we're down and feeling a bit and we're not coping. What's the kind of stuff we do? Somebody had the idea of, t- of also, whilst we're chatting that stuff through, bringing in guilty pleasures as tunes. Yeah. Now, I've got a bit of a beef with the term guilty pleasures because surely we should be out and proud. We don't need to be guilty about our song choices, do we? Well... You see, it, it depends. See, I don't think you are, but I think you are a musician and really comfortable with music and comfortable with yourself. For people like me <laughs> who, who um, struggle to kind of, you know, live in their own skin, actually kind of admitting to people what music you like when you think that the music is probably seen as being pretty naff. Is I kind of keep it quiet. I listen. I put when I go home on an evening, and uh, if I'm kind of on YouTube, got my headphones on, and I can listen to loads of like really rubbishy music that put that I like that I wouldn't necessarily talk to people. So when we kind of put that conversation out on Twitter, I don't know if people thought there were guilty pleasures, but people did seem to want to tell us about songs that they think other people might think are naff oh, <laughs> that okay. they really like. That's interesting. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Because. Okay. You, you've you got a bit of a yardstick for this one, haven't you? You've got a measurement, Ian, you were saying. Have you? Yeah. Uh, was, I must have missed this bit of the did. conversation. Go it's, on. Yeah, because if I'm driving, if I play music, I only listen to music really in my car um, on, on the drive home. 
And um, it's if I stop at traffic lights and I think people might hear it, would I wind the window up? So that oh, other people, that's a good test. So that I don't want anyone else to hear it because I'm so embarrassed by what it is. Um, that's, that's my particular yeah. yardstick. And I turn the volume down a bit as well, you know. Yeah, just to kind of make sure nobody can I don't want anyone looking it. just in case. <laughs> Finger pointy. Like Brian, I really do not have a yardstick to measure good or bad music. I think music is for the person who is playing it yeah. and who is listening to it. Because every artist has a crowd. So every musician has their fans. So that's why if you're not a fan of a musician, doesn't mean the music is not good enough. It means it's art and creativity. So what I think about is a music sometimes might have some swear words in it that I am not comfortable values coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'm not comfortable with those swear words, I might not be able to play it where people are. And that was what led to my own song choice today, which I'll share later. Okay. okay. I sort of do agree with you about the musician thing, although there is, obviously, isn't there? There's always a kind of that, that bit where you go, yeah, we can go all the way with that, but there's a point where we can't, there's a line we yeah, can't go I, over. I, there's another bit as well, though, isn't there, about kind of like music that you were embarrassed about, but but then you come round to. And um, I'll, I'll give you a really good example of that. Right, my dad absolutely loves ELO, Jeff Ling. Yeah. Like, oh, you should sit, if you were here and you'd see the did. reaction, I'd yeah. even suggested it. Right, growing up, no, I did not want to be in the car when my friends could hear that. Now, I've been to see him at the First Direct Arena in Leeds and oh, those shows, they're absolutely amazing, aren't they? And Mate, can I just say, right, can I just say, out of the blue, the seven members of, of the Electric Light Orchestra that, that were involved in the creation of Out of the Blue, they're not called the Magnificent Seven for nothing. <laughs> they are the pinnacle yeah. of music. But go, being dropped off at the school dates, that combined with what used to happen is when my mum used to drop us off at the school gates, um, she would add another layer to the embarrassment because she would choose to drop us at the school gates singing very, very loudly to ELO the wrong words. Oh, <laughs> and it was really important to her not to have the words right. And the more my brother and I would be like, oh my God, hoods down, run! The more she did it. I'm not saying that that's where I got some of my traits from, but you know. Uh, that's, so for me, if music, if, if I've got a... If I'm listening to something in the car and think, what will people think of it? Wind it down. Volume up. Let's have it. Let's see. Let's have people pointing. Um, before we go, um, before we go for the self-help, the self-care stuff, you had some uh, uh, recommendations from people online, didn't you? That were saying this is a tune I would listen to. So I, I thought that for this podcast, we'll intersperse it with a few suggestions from people on Twitter that got involved in this conversation. So let's let's see if we think that these are uh, well, well. We'll see where. See where these measure in terms of Ian's um, wind, wind your window up. So the first one is from uh, Farina Shahid, who said, um, my favourite waste of time by Owen Paul. You're my- That is an absolute banger of a tune, isn't it? Window up. Really? Window up. I'm with Ian. I'm all right with it. I don't necessarily want to be too loud. There was a bit of a television moment for Owen Paul, wasn't there? They always show that song 
on so he sung it on Pebble Mill and something went wrong with the with the <laughs> yeah, voice with so uh, the miming or something something he went, couldn't sing he, he couldn't hear it so didn't sing it or, or something like that they all, they always shut that I, I found it yeah I found it quite an insipid song to be honest sounds like a music critique I did to be quite I loved it and you know what a couple of years ago somebody said would I talk to this musician it was always Paul was on the phone, and it was lovely. And did he, did he have a sleeveless to... vest? He always used to wear sleeveless T-shirts, didn't he? You can't critique now because you've met him. <laughs> met him, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so that 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 was that was that was one. So the next one is uh, so this was by uh, well the singer is Tiffany of course. Oh mate, oh. I think we're alone. So this was by Lois uh, Shard. Um, I don't think she commented. Um, oh yeah, no. When she, yeah, it sounds like when Lois sings this, it has to be sung in a bad American accent. Don't think Tiffany had a choice, did she? In, about in a shopping mall. Ian. In a shopping mall. Oh, my friend. Oh, Ian. Oh, no. Ian, I'm livid with you. I'm furious at this moment in time. You see, I think I'm singing that quite loudly with my mum's words, with the wind loud, down, down and proud. It doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just that it's embarrassing. You know, singing incorrectly can be a self care. It can be a self care. We sing out loud and knowing that you're singing out of lyrics out of tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is, that, I agree. That, 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 that is, uh, is okay. If anybody watches the video for, for Tiffany, because uh, Lois sent the video through, um, Tiffany does some really odd dancing at the yeah. end. Probably about three minutes in, she does some yeah. like dancing with the shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, she does voguing with her hand, and then yeah. she does something really odd with her shoulders um, that might have been cool in 1988, but it looks really peculiar now. So keep looking out for that. Saying, right, that, that is a, another banger of a tune. Yeah, it is. Da 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 da. Hers is running just as fast as today. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, And I'm... then the third one that perhaps we need to discuss for this part is, so this is from our very own Joanne Bins uh, of the School of Rock and Media. It's uh, Alcazar. So does anybody know Alcazar? Is that not something you take for once you've had a lot of drinks <laughs> the following morning? Wink, wink, fizz. <laughs> Very fitting for early January. Um, so Alcazar is Swedish, Swedish kind of pop band. Um, and I know they did Crying at the Dis Discotheque, which you probably... Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's playing in the background, but you'll uh, you'll probably know that one. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that's some suggestions that we've had so far. But that, I think that goes to show the fact that some social workers have gone online and gone, this is the stuff that we listen to. Uh, not unashamedly, says something about um, the that stuff about looking after oneself. Because it is, isn't it? Music by its very nature can be therapeutic for a lot of people. I, I think so. We've got some more. I'll... I'll, I'll um tell you what the other ones are coming coming up uh, as and when we play other people's guilty pleasures but yeah we, we have got some uh, we, we have got some ones that are far worse than <laughs> than, the, than those than those suggestions i think Catherine morn has uh, surpassed herself uh, with the task of finding um finding guilty pleasures i, I mean I, I think so for me kind of um in terms of self-care so from um kind of a social work cats and rocket science kind of the book and the blogs and podcasts i don't think we've particularly gone close to talking about self-care i think we've been talking about hopefully we've been talking a lot about human rights and and uh the servants not masters line and and all that kind of thing and i think we've we've tried to stop ourselves talking about self-care around social work but i do think 
Um, it's it, 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 it's real and it's getting more difficult out there. It's, and and absolutely, the priority is the people that we are that we we support and how difficult lives are getting for for people. But but conversely, social workers have got to look after themselves if we want them to do the job that we desperately need them to do um, now more than ever. So I do think that it's um, it's it's a, a conversation that needs needs to be had. I. I I'm really impressed with, so Baswa have done loads of work around, they did lots of work around self-care around COVID, um, but they've also kind of, if you look on their website, they've got kind of top tips and things like that around um, self-care. I've just, I mean, some of them are kind of, you know, they're so obvious, they kind of go without saying. Um, one of them that really struck me was, uh, they, they talked about um, structure and having some kind of, when things get really busy and when you when things get fraught, um, you've really got to force yourself into doing some admin yourself to actually structure your time. And I'm really guilty of that. Admin goes out, the, and I think for a lot of social workers, I'm guessing, admin goes out the window when you're really, really busy. But actually, if you don't do the admin, if you don't do the structure, structure your time, then actually you end up kind of really burning out quite quite quickly. Um, and they've got other, other kind of things, kind of eat, drink, sleep, and all that kind of thing that I think kind of came home to us a little bit more in... COVID, when we really had to start thinking about the isolation and not seeing people, you had, then had to kind of start looking uh, start looking after yourself. Um, other ones? Um, oh, I, there's one that I really liked. I think this was a Baswa one, which was do whatever it takes. And this kind of fits into this podcast, which is um, it might be music, it might be writing, it might be, um, you know, picking up the phone and having a, a conversation, having a laugh with somebody. What? it's really, really nuanced to you is self-care. So actually it can't be prescribed to you. You know, we can suggest do this, do that, do the other. But as we said, you know, as we say in the book, you, the person's the expert of their own situation. So it's about kind of doing what feels right for, for you. I tend to agree that that bit there, because it's that the, the therapeutic nature of self, I mean, it kind of goes back to some of the conversations we've had in the past about, people knowing their own lives. Well, here's the thing, as social workers, we all know our own lives. I think occasionally it takes somebody to point out that actually you're not, you're not, you're at, you're, you're sort of being a bit different today. So it allows the discussion then to, ha to happen about, are you okay? Rather than just saying to somebody, are you okay? So there's a, a social worker I worked with years ago, worked in children's services, and he explained to me how he, uh, how, Every 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 present every need, every case that you work with, you can talk it up or talk it down. And that bit where you're able to integrate yourself into how you assess and see a situation, um, that that takes some quite advanced social work. It takes you to mature in, it takes you being part of colleagues who recognise you and, and know you and recognise how you are and, and you're able to check in with them and they're able to check in with you. And self care isn't self-indulgent self-care is about taking professional responsibility for how will I take me into any given context that presents to me today like and Momo we were chatting earlier Momo's doing a lot of duty work at the moment aren't you you yes. literally don't know what's coming or going at any moment in time yeah and that literally how tired are you that morning how affected are you by the light at this time of year I really struggle it's dark in the morning I'm getting up the weather's raining all that goes with me even before you get to the how am I feeling what's going on for me at home how was Christmas we just talked on Christmas you know how how are my family how 
well in my family? How might that affect my feelings going into? Self-care becomes a really important part of being a, an autonomous professional who can recognise that not and not pretend it doesn't exist and that you procedurally act outside of that. I mean, we would, as I said, we were chatting earlier, weren't we? About yes, we did talk about self-care. And one good thing about self-care, like Elaine is saying, is we also need a team. People know you. That's why the team, you, in the team you work, people really need to understand who are those people that are not taking breaks? Why aren't you taking your breaks? Yeah. Why haven't you... Why are you not? Because if we don't show this care, some people get drawn into work and meeting deadlines and get carried away. And also, some people are so good with recovering after stress, while others take longer time. Some people, after a nice, good night's sleep, they are okay to go more, while some people might need a vacation. So self-care is not something that is measurable. It's person-centered. It's individualistic. It depends on the individual's body and development and maybe family. Some things might take you longer to recover because of family, yeah. that uh, you have issues at home. While some, you might need the backing of the team at that moment. Doesn't make you lazy. So some, as new social workers, we have this idea that we are made to meet our targets that some of us might be burning out. And we are thinking, no, I don't want the team to think I'm dragging them back. I don't want the team to think I'm lazy. But you need to communicate this, and that's why we need, as it, we expect the management to encourage us at this time because we really are thinking we are just new in the team. Everything negative is on us, not knowing that the team understands and you should make it known to them. Brilliant point, Momo. Uh, let's have a tune, I think. Speaking of self help, uh, who's first in? Throw your hands say, Oh, I hope Momo straight in. What's this guilty pleasure you've got? My guilty pleasure is about um, a song that originated from Cote d'Ivoire, Abidjan. The, the group is called Magic System. The song became popular, it was released in 1999. It became popular in the early 2000s in France. This song is sung predominantly in um, Ivorian slang and it's called Premier Gaou, G-A-O-U, Gaou. Gau means fool, but we never knew. It was a Christmas banger. We're dancing to this song. It's an autobiography of the lead singer, Salif Traore. He was talking about how a woman, his ex-girlfriend, broke his heart, and now he's becoming a star. She wants to come back. And does she think he's a fool or something? And we called ourselves the name Gau because we thought it was something nice. And we danced to it only for us to grow up and find out that it's meant full, so we'll, we look at ourselves now, laugh over it. So Premier Gau by Magic System is my choice. Changer 
Yeah, uh, Ian, you were yes. saying 
You were picking up on some oh, of the... Some of the mom was saying. I'm going back to some years when we were working at another local authority and you were my manager back then. You've always been my manager. Mm. Um, it's a natural I, order. I don't remember a time when you were my manager. <laughs> when I was at school. No, even then. Um, and Sounds a, bit, a little bit scary. I think it's what you were saying before about a, a social worker, especially a new social worker, who thinks that you've got to hit all these targets. You've got to be the, 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 doing every, every, everything's perfect. Um, and I was getting really, I was a point I was getting really overburdened with work. And I was thinking, I've got, to, I've got to do this. And I think I was failing. And um, I was in bits. I was actually, I think I was actually in tears one day. And you said, go home and take a week off. Go and stay. And I thought, I can't take a week off. I've got all this to do. And you were just saying, no one's indispensable because we're not. And if we weren't there, someone else will, it, the world won't stop spinning. So, um, and I felt really guilty for about a day. And then I thought, absolutely, this is the... And I've only ever done it then, but it was absolutely the the, the, the right thing to do. Yeah. Laughing, because I just wanted you to go home, because you were getting... Because <laughs> 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 I was looking across at Elaine, and I was thinking about the time I told Elaine to go home as well. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a line. It's usually when we're annoying. But it's telling, isn't it, that kind of something that feels quite profound from your perspective, Ian? Is that being told to go home? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like a permission to, that you don't, you, know, you don't have to sort of shoulder all this. Uh, and later on, I, I developed another, because I'm, I'm on a roll now, um, my, my particular technique for switching off, because it is individual, isn't it? But I would find myself going home and taking work home with me in my head. And I used to think, I used to say, it was quite mercenary. Right? I'm not being paid to think about work now. And that's how I used to do it. So I'd be sat in my car and I'd start thinking about it. And I'd go, nope, I'm, put some embarrassing music on. I'm, 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 I'm not going to think about work. I'm not being, they're not paying me. And that's how I do it. I just got into that habit of just switching off. And as a result of that, that's, that's my particular coping technique. I feel like during the pandemic, you know, pros and cons of being able to home work, but a con is you don't get that period. The radio to me, in the car on the way home, music playing. Yeah, you drive home was basically, well, for me, because working in the spare room, it was going downstairs. And then you were in the thick of it, going, you know, whatever was going on in your, with your family... If, if you lived with other people, it was all happening kind of, you know, just as you were closing your office door. And actually, you need, I needed that half an hour. My commute was about half an hour, 40 minutes. I needed that commute in order to, to do the transition from being at work and being me at work to being me at home. Because I, I, I do think we're, we're different people yeah. at home and, and, and work. And I think that that's, that's dead normal. People are themselves all the time, but actually the way that you present, the way that you talk, the way that you think, the expectations of you, everything changes. And it, being expecting to change in a kind of a, a 10 second walk down a flight of stairs during COVID, I, I found that difficult. It's music. I, the radio is really important to me. I, I have set routines around the radio that, of what I listen to, what I won't listen to. Um, and if I don't like it, then I've you know, podcasts now become a really important part of that ritual, really. But they're rituals and routines that are really important about self-care. And when I think about kind of my week, how my week looks, how my year looks, actually, you, you've got to have as many years under your belt as I do. You start to recognise there are patterns that repeat that I don't think I'd even been self-aware of. That's actually just me structuring my life in a way that I know I've got certain breaks that are that protected time okay so i just wanted to to bring us back to some suggestions from people about what their uh, guilty pleasure was so um the fantastic vicky hart we all know um we all know vicky don't we she's brilliant um so vicky came up with uh, aqua barbie girl i'm a barbie girl in the barbie world life in plastic 
Oh, okay. Oh, now that really is a guilty pleasure. No, windows, wi- I windows. love it. Window down. Windows. Window down. Volume up. Yeah, I think so. I no, surely I think I think some song some songs. It's a bit like how Eurovision went. It was seen as being so naff. It went full circle. Uh, so that was yeah. So so uh, Aqua Barbie Girl. Um, and then we've got oh, so this one. Um, Sue Law suggested. Um, I remember this one. Uh, Clouds across the moon by the Raban. Oh my word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh. Remember that? She had um, loads of air, white, bubbly, perm. Silver. Like silvery. Silvery. To go with the 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 robot doing the uh, top of the mime. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, was it was a real robot. I think so it was a Sue Law's. I mean, you know, Sue Law's social workers going home from work at night feeling stressed, and you know she had a busy day. And Locking the door behind us, sitting down, thinking, what shall, what shall I listen to? What shall I type in? I'm going to listen to Clouds Across the Moon by the Raban. Each to the road. <laughs> Each to the road, Sue. You stick with it. So the and the next one. So as I said, so Catherine Morn has, has has really risen to the challenge. What she suggested as a. a w- for, Guilty pleasure was I am a cider drinker by the Wurzels, <laughs> and the really good thing about this is she got into a so she got into a Twitter conversation with me and Joanne Bins about I am a cider drinker by the Wurzels, and then the next morning so we all went to bed having had this joke about the Wurzels. Woke up, woke up the next morning, and the Wurzels had liked our tweets about, <laughs> about, about <laughs> I'm a cider drinker. What a claim to fame! That's almost as good as we did a Billy Bragg chat one time. Yeah. And yeah. halfway through, it turned out Billy Bragg was on, was in Australia, um, had been doing a set, came off and saw like, switched his phone on, I'd like 200 notifications, and we're like, hello, what's this? Brilliant. But that's yeah. better than Billy Bragg. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's, the it's, it's the Wurzels. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the West Country's finest. <laughs> we are going to play Catherine's song right at the end. We're going to play out with Catherine's yeah. uh, actual song, because she would be here if she were able to be today, but she's not. OK, let's have a guilty pleasure then. Who's next up? My first vinyl CD I ever bought was Books Phase. It's actually making your mind up, but that's oh, not my guilty mate, that's pleasure. that's a tune. No, I'm going to go one better, and I think it, we have to raise the bar to land of make-believe. Oh, mate. Oh, what look of shock in the room. This is Books Fizz and land of make-believe. Stars in your eyes, little one, where do you go to? Oh, mate. We all know. I can't believe you're not joining in.
to go to visit you. You never know. That was Bucks Fizz and Land of Make Believe Tune. Bucks Fizz were brilliant, weren't they? They were, weren't they? You know, like on every level, they were brilliant. Can I openly admit I had a crush, a major crush on Jay Ashton? Yeah, you can admit that. Yeah, I do. I have to say it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, Dom, whatever you've written there, don't say it. Um, you were going to choose that one, weren't you? I was going to choose that one. Oh. Um, EJ's got EJ got there before me. It's my fault for pointing at you. <laughs> yeah, they, there were, you they were great though. But book, books phase for that after the one year of they kind of had two or three years, didn't they? With them, um, they were untouchable. The, 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 the also, dance routine for yeah. Eurovision was stunning. It was also a look that and um, only slightly eclipsed um, Planet Earth by Duran Duran, which um, is just amazing and is nothing guilty about that. Let's go back to the self-care stuff then. So we were, we were saying and we're acknowledging, aren't we, that for, for each and every one of us, it's going to be highly unique, highly individual, as it should be. But then there's going to be some sort of generic stuff that most people do. We've, we've recognised that music seems to play a big part in, in people's self-care and self-help. But you were saying that... Uh, the the difficulty there was during covid about separating the difference the 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 separation between work and home and the the car seemed to figure quite heavily in in the way we met we we make that demarcation so i'm just wondering for those people that don't have cars is the generic stuff there that that we'd sort of go yeah well there's that isn't there you can use your airport your airport while on the bus or in the train you can also enjoy music. It mustn't be in the car. With the airport right now or uh, big headphones, you can be in a world of your own space, even in public. So given to that, you can also have a good bus ride with a friend. Yeah. And you guys talk about things different from work. And yeah. that could also be refreshing. Or you could be on a phone call with someone who takes your mind off work. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, self-care doesn't really have to be something major. It could even be a chat with a colleague, some, maybe for something outside football, uh, outside um, work. It could be sports, it could be anything of interest during your break time. And you come back to your desk well refreshed. So in my own opinion, I don't think self-care is something that you need to bother yourself to think about. Because once you start bothering yourself to put things, I have to do that, then it becomes stressful. Yeah. So it's something you like to do that makes you relaxed and refreshed for you to carry on from point A to point B. Because at the end of the day, it's just a survival mode for that moment. Yeah, it's that, it's that idea carried on, isn't it, about that bubble. It's like a defensible structure that you put around yourself where you're completely protected within it just for a little, even just for an instant. So, um, you know, whether it's a space in your house, whether it's that little bit of time, it's just something about your you being able to protect yourself for a little while while you recharge in the middle of it. And that becomes really important when you then are so impactful on others with the decisions you make. You've got to be self-aware enough to know you need self-care. Um, I, I think as well, um, I mean, it is unique to the person, isn't it, about what's, what's kind of relaxed. Now, I remember a couple of years ago thinking that I needed to kind of do more, do more exercise. So I started doing five-a-side football uh, after work. Um, and it was terrible. Just I'm a, the worst footballer ever. I'm, I mean, really, properly, properly bad. Um, but I love it. I love, I love football and I like playing football, but I'm just really bad at it. But I found, actually, that... Um, and the rest of the, the people who used to play five-a-side football was all the other, you know, other social workers who would also... 
it kind of it felt a little bit more like work. It felt like more work. It felt like an extension of my working day. And actually what I needed is I needed that I needed to go home and not this sounds really bad. I needed to not see work people on an evening after a really difficult day at work. And actually it felt like I was elongating my day by staying in the city where I work, which is about 10 miles from where, where I live. Um, same with a group of lovely people, great social workers, but spending my time with them. Actually, when I looked back, it wasn't de-stressing me. It just felt, and the game was competitive as well, which didn't help. And all the other all the other social workers were like 30 years younger than me and 10 stone lighter than me and were better than me at social work. So it actually became quite a, kind of a stressful kind of yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? So it was about a, having a proper break from... Yeah. everything to do with work. I think that's really important because we used to, when we were working for another local authority, we used to go out on a regular basis with people. You know, we had like a little social club. But of course, the inevitable consequence of that little social club was all you discussed was work. work. So, you know, the idea of... And, and of course, the more people then had to drink, the more they criticised work. So the more down you became about... By about midnight, you were like, oh, I hate, I hate the world. You know, everything's... <laughs> because all you'd done on a Friday evening was discuss yeah. work. Yeah, But yeah, then yeah, yeah. We'd, we'd kind of go back once a month and do the same thing. And so, so there's a point now, I think, where, you know, like... It's got to be something really magic for me to get out and go. And it's not that I don't like and, and love people from work, but I just don't want to discuss it in my private, you know, in that in those precious moments that you've got. Well, it's it's about being kind of quite rounded, really, isn't yeah. it? About as a human being, yeah. human to human contacts, you you need different experiences yeah. to kind of broaden yourself. And there, it, the it's also how that. How, how that then becomes in a workplace where you've got small groups that kind of gravitate together. You've got to be really careful with how those relationships interplay with other wider groups. And I'm not sure it's always... It's, it's always the most healthy thing if your whole world revolves around the same small group of individuals. Actually, how broad and wide are you in how you then are able to take experiences with you into practice when you're exploring different aspects of practice with people. One of the things we've just done recently is we've revisited some principles around person-centred planning going into this new year, just to kind of go back to some principles about how, how people themselves define kind of relationships and the people that are important and the intimate spaces that they ex exist around or to those kind of more exchanged circumstances where, you know, genuinely the question would you be spending time with me if you weren't paid yeah. is like I think the really good test question about kind of if you weren't paid would you really want to be with me and if the answer's no well then just be honest about it and I, I think they're really healthy things to do as in terms of self team self-care just kind of sense checking a little bit and kind of remembering that you're professionals you're in a professional context it's a good time to do it in a new year about reasserting the dynamics within teams and kind of remembering that stuff beyond the boundaries of work is is um interesting and it can broaden a team's basis but ultimately you're there because you're a group of professionals who are being paid to be in people's lives and being paid to be together. And you are brief moments of time. You are not the be all and end all of a person's existence that you're going to see for a few hours and then you might never have to see again, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I can see Rob's, however, about to Do you want some get songs? us back some music. Yes, yeah. go Do you want for some it, more, Do you want some more suggestions? Okay, we've got some more here. So... Uh, 
Jane Collins, the fab Jane Collins has come up with a... So we're going back a couple of weeks here because Jane's suggestion is uh, Chris Rear driving home for Christmas. Oh, I loved that song. Yeah, but it's Christmas. I know, but, you know, it's the one concession I will make. For people that know the video for this song, so there's two videos for driving home for Christmas. There's the original one in 1986 where Chris is literally... He's taken himself very literally. He's literally in a car driving home for Christmas, which, yeah, fair, fair enough. The second video that it ended in the mid-90s, um, is a joy you've got to find it on YouTube because he's, Chris has clearly stumbled on harder times after the success of um, the late 80s his middle of the road rock um, picked up the phone to a casting agent and said I've got 30 quid send me as many celebrities as you possibly can because Gail Porter tips up the DJ Mike Reed tips up it's a, honestly it's a collection of proper proper Z-list celebrities that are in that video it's worth watching what a tune though to be fair what a tune yeah. top to toe in tailbacks what a line yeah, it's got red lights on the was it red lights on the run or red lights on red the road red lights all the way I think oh, yeah yeah oh, um, <laughs> so that's um, so that's 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 Chris Rear um, oh and then this uh, absolutely see this is the thing these aren't guilty pleasures are these are absolute classics so this is from um, Iso Malaki, which I think is I think is Iso is I think it's short for Isabel I think it's Isabel uh, Malaki, uh, a fab social worker from uh, Hertfordshire who's um, just really a uh, super <laughs> Lieutenant Pigeon oh. mouldy old door it's not a guilty pleasure it can't be a guilty pleasure I'm furious I'm very angry at this the moment. melody is just amazing the tune is just amazing and then when he comes in and does the lyrics the voice that he comes in with just makes it an absolute belter this one So yeah, so that so that one. Two more um, for this for this part, and then we'll do we'll finish off with a couple more. So so Zoe Nichols, a really good colleague of, of ours, uh, doing some fantastic work in children's um, musical youth. Pass the Dutch. Oh, oh no! That's a tune. I'm with you. That's not guilty. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's a, isn't everything about Pastor Dutchy is just brilliant. The fact that it kind of came from nowhere. We were kids just kind of watching Top of the Pops. All of a sudden saw this song and it, the connection that it had for, with um, people who probably not heard reggae, but like me, probably not properly heard reggae before. It'd be kind of 10 years old or whatever I was. Just amazing. Uh, and then the final one for this section was uh, our colleague um, Claire Reeves uh, has come up with um, just superb Black, Br Bradford's own Black Lace with uh, Superman which, which which I think we're going to have to do a rendition of not um, sure now well that's a that's a proper there's song an open kids, admission right there imagine going over this is I mean I said it about the other social worker but imagine Claire getting in from work and thinking you know that, that were tough that were hard day and that commute home and I were having to jostle with people on the train. I, I, I could really do to make a cup of tea and kind of unwind. No, actually, what I'll do first is I'll do all the actions to Superman by Blacklist. Speaking of guilty pleasures, whose turn is it? My guilty pleasure, Brian, is books for... Oh, no, we've had that one. <laughs> I, I always loved Gary Newman. When I was younger, and Gary Newman's never been cool. And nowadays, people don't often don't really know who Gary Newman is. To the point, I've actually got a T-shirt that says Newman, and I can't wear it anymore 
because it looks like I'm advertising help for erectile dysfunction. <laughs> and it's got a silhouette of this guy on it, and I just can't walk around with a shirt on. It just says Newman on the top. Um, but if you remember Alan Partridge when he did, um, they did mm. Music for Chameleons, and Alan Partridge did the air bass yeah, guitar. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it's kind of difficult to do it in your car as you're driving on playing a ba- air bass guitar. But yeah, it's Gary Newman, Music for Chameleons.
really Gary cool. Newman. That's that's a little bit too cool, I'm afraid. That's, that's kind dead of cool. Volume up, windows down. It is. Alan Partridge made it uncool though. Years ago, I met Gary Newman's bodyguard. You know, when he was dead famous, he had he had a security person bodyguard. Is that what they call him? He had a security <laughs> person. And the security person was saying, do you know what? One of the nicest people in rock and roll, Gary Newman, such a lovely human being. And you can believe it, can't you? I got punched in the face by Gary Newman's security bloke at Manchester Apollo in 1984. That took a turn for the worst. That's what you call a classic anecdote. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to grab hold of him, Tram, and uh, he was getting a bit dodgy because we're actually, me and these two lasses either side, we had all of his boot and he's trying to sing music for chameleons. (laughs) And... um, yeah, we nearly we nearly dragged the guy off the stage, and this guy had to come out and just sort of punch me in the face. Oh, he didn't actually hit me. Just yeah, yeah. But um, airline pilot as well, Gary. Newman, yeah, um, qualified. A bit like the other fella, John Travolta. John Travolta. He flies for Qantas. John Travolta. No, not from from Greece. I've got chills. The multiplying him. He's um, he's got an entire fleet of Has planes. He? Yes, I thought he flew for Qantas. He's got a seven four seven pilot's license in his drive. Day. On his yeah. drive. In fact, our producer Andrew. Has been in. Um, uh, has, has he has? He met he, him. He's met him. Yes, because he's fil- he's done some filming here in aeroplanes. There's a big film- plane coming out. So let's go back to the the self care stuff. Yeah, then. talking about self care. Can I ask Rob? How do you feel playing with your grandchildren? Oh, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah ab- I can imagine how my father feels playing with my son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, totally that. So we played. Uh, we we're talking earlier about. Um, Superman uh, by Blacklist. So, so that taught that to my three-year-old um, son. So now, grandson, whenever he comes round, he won't go home until we've gone through the, the Superman by, by Blacklist. And there's nothing better than, yeah. than, than that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, your family, children in particular, but um, spending, time with, uh, spending time with families is... Um, it's, it's really, really special, isn't it? And um, having, I mean, I think for me, the, the, the big kind of missing thing about self-care is, um, is some standards around employers, social work employers and self-care is, I think, is the missing gap, really. And I think because social work is, uh, is primarily in local, it's often in local authorities, um, in which case it's the local government association that kind of... Um, uh, 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 operates it, which means that it's far bigger than social work because that includes everybody that works within local authorities and councils, 150 councils with thousands of people in each council. So it becomes really big and really generic. So social work then gets squeezed in terms of um, standards around uh, around that. And it's the same with the social work then are in the NHS and but one tiny part of the NHS or uh, what have you. So I, I, I think the, the, the missing thing really is, is getting employers to the table, probably... I think it's the missing bit from Social Work England. I think Social Work England are, are fab. I think that I, I re- I'm really pleased with how they've got. I know there's loads of criticism. They're the regulator. They're there to be criticised. That's what we do as social workers. Nurses criticise their regulator. It's just what happens. You've just got to grow a thick skin and, and kind of take it on board. And some of the criticism is genuine and it might make them even better. But I think the missing bit for me with Social Work England is to try and get the employers around the table to come up with some proper, proper regulation around what is self-care, what are you, what are you, how are you supporting your social workers to help support um, 
people who are in absolute crisis. And if they weren't in crisis before this last year, they're at, people are absolutely going to be in crisis going going forward. So I, for me, that's the missing bit about self-care. So we talk about like social workers protecting their time and having structure and doing CPD so they can keep the registration um, fresh and, and, and making sure that they have time away from social work, making sure that they don't take the work phones home so they can unwind from social work. That's all great, but the onus is absolutely on the social worker and that's dead hard because you've got that caseload, you've got people who need your time, you've got a manager who is as stressed as you are in terms of they need to make sure that you're doing your job to, so they're doing their job. And it's like, no, hang on a minute. There's some, there's a missing piece of the jigsaw here. And the missing piece of the jigsaw is at that very, very senior level within social work. It's the employer, it's the people who pay you wage to say, I've got responsibility to look after you as a social worker. Else you can't help look after people who live in our locality. So that's that would be my ask, really, that they get a bit more involved. Yeah, I think there's also something about some of the high-end trauma that social workers go through in terms of supporting people that often goes unacknowledged and the impact that that has on self. You know, like, and you, you sort of pick that up really early within social work education. You know, people that are drawn to social work at some point have been through something that's brought them here and it generally involves high-end trauma that's not been dealt with. So, you know, like you spend two to three years talking to people about, talk about it until finally they do. And I, But I, a bit of me truly believes we've got loads of colleagues out there that are supporting people through the very worst of circumstances and are not really getting chance to, to discuss that. I get the bit about supervision, but the bit about teasing that out about how has this impacted on you? Because most of us go for a description of what we've done rather than the impact that this has really had on a personal level. Grief being a big one. You I, know. I, I agree. I mean, and I think for, for employers... For employees in particular, not to have a legal responsibility to look after the well-being of a social worker who's been involved in the worst type of child protection case, yeah. I think is massively remiss uh, of us. There is something badly, badly missing there. And it's no wonder we get burnout. We've got vacancy rates. We've got people moving across to agencies for, for bigger money, getting as much money as they possibly can because they know the time in social work is short. Because if we took more responsibility collectively as employers and as social work leaders for, for self-care, uh, I think we'd be in a, in a, a healthier place. Without now. doubt. Without doubt. Go on, tell us, let's, so I'm going to cut that there. Tell us some... Do you want, do you want the last couple of suggestions yeah. that, that I can find? Well, one of them, this is probably quite, this is probably quite cool. Um, I don't know it that well, but so this is from um, Mark uh, Mark Barber, Fab Mark Barber, who's yeah, we know we know Mark. Hey, Mark, Mark. Mark came up with um, Scatman. I'm a Scatman. By Scatman John. I'm a <laughs> you see, and it, there's nothing sinister about Scatman John. No. Despite the, <laughs> despite the sneakers. Shall we move on to the next yeah, one? Yeah, quickly. <laughs> Then, uh, and then the last one was a suggestion. I've not got the name of uh, who suggested it, unfortunately. And it was—it might have been my own tweet. Um, it was Last Ketchup with the ketchup song. It's a Spanish um, Spanish song. I have no idea why. Uh... Yes, it's it's a it's a hot, it's a big cult macarena. 
Hey, Macarena. Aye. Oh, that would be Jordan there. That was your best man accent just then. Do that again. No, I can't do it again. Hey, Macarena. Although surely in the top three is uh, for holiday songs is uh, this year we're off to sunny Spain. Oh, yeah. Oma Paloma Blanca. What a lovely song that was. Do you want my song, Brian? Yeah, go on, it's yours. We've been talking a long time. So I chose a guilty pleasure song, um, fully intent in, in, in using it for this afternoon, uh, and then realised, I mean, this is where kind of guilty pleasure, it's not really a guilty pleasure, because I clearly love this song, because I've used it before in a podcast, so I'm not going to use it. So I was going to use All I Want to Do Is Make Love with you by heart which is an excruciate you've got to listen if anybody's not listened to that song you've got to listen I, 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 you should just see the reaction from me i just right tell now. you very so, so the song <laughs> ian winter's up winter's down oh winter's up I, I, oh, yes. <laughs> ian's too cool have you turned the volume down as well just in case anybody can hear you ian won't know ian won't know uh, that that song but um it's it's you've got to listen to it it's um i it's, think your fanny knows the song look. it, it my um 18 year, he was about 18 at the time, and I played it for him in the car. He just came on on my podcast, on my um, iPod in the car, and the song came on. And I just said, oh, Charlie, you've, you've got to, to listen to this song. He, he, he went green he fe- and said, I, I feel sick. I feel sickened by, by the song. It, it is really ex- properly excruciating all the way through. I mean, it, it talks about making. Love. I can't even say it. It's awful in its it's an awful, awful phrase. But um but you've got to listen to the song because it's yeah. terrible. That isn't my uh, guilty pleasure. I'm I, I, I want um a little bit of disco, um, so I'm gonna go for D I S C O by Ottawa. Windows down. Down for down. that. Yeah, volume up. I'll be singing along with that. She is out. 
impossible. Super special. Crazy, crazy. Shirt halfway down to me, you know, like expose my bare chair, have a big medallion. You're love a sheep, not, don't you? Probably not going to do that here and love now. Maybe do that yeah. at Easter when we all go out, whatever. Uh, so, uh, brilliant. Let's chat now about if you could offer people a top tip in terms of self care. Oh, bath salts. If you've got a bath, bath salts. Yeah, amazing. Hot bath, bath salts sorted. Bang on. Next. Okay, I love that. I do. Although some people use those funny bath bomb things. I don't know yeah, what they are. Not, not a fan. Not Big a gritty, fan. You old traditional bath salts. Bath salts. Himalayan bath salts, if you can get the best. With red, oh, radox. Oh, yeah, oh. a little bit of radox. Yeah. That. Can't beat that, actually, yes. while you think about because, it. Because apart from anything else, it goes back to that bubble idea. You close the door, there's nobody in private space. Yeah, 
headphones on, podcast, bit of music. Uh, well, well, top tip. Yeah, my top tip is yoga or stay in your quiet space with spiritual songs at the background. Something refreshing and relaxing. Oh, yours a bit more healthy as well. Oh, yoga, yeah, nice. Fab, love that. I would say um, it, it, we, we, we need to be collectively uh, and individually when we're doing social work, we need to be compassionate, but not to the point where it becomes debilitating and we are um, taking everything home with us because that, that, that just, we become kind of no good to, to uh, anybody and that's a really difficult thing to do. Um, I've got uh, family and friends who um, meditate. I don't, uh, but I've got family and friends that do meditation and they tell me that's what I've got <laughs> That's what I've got to do. Clearly, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm concerned enough to them that they're telling me that I've got to uh, that I've got to meditate. Um, I think the big thing on a practical level for social workers um, is about it's time. It's time away. It's making it really, really um, possible for you to disconnect uh, with everything. Um, it would be my top tip. Um, similar, just that you can't do everything. Just recognizing you can't do everything. Um, you can't solve every problem. And things just things just carry on, you know. It, yeah, it, we're only human. That's that's my top tip. Recognizing we're only human. Oh, oh. Do you know what? That's really gone beautiful, hasn't it? That's that's lovely. Uh, uh, and you know what, Ian? There ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> oh, I, feel, I feel we're going into Brian's song. So I'm not wanting to kind of steal the mic, Brian, but just to kind of round us up, Brian. Your guilty pleasure song. This is "Ain't No Doubt" by Jimmy Nail. <laughs>
Uh, we've got one more that we've got to play, haven't we? We have got one more. I think um, I think we, we, we need to play out with the tune of uh, that Catherine Morn has, has chosen. Lady Morn. No, none of us would dare face Catherine on Monday morning back at work. Not me. Were we not to play her tune. Um, so I think that we need to play out with um, with this one, which it's is... It's just, it's delightful. Uh, Demis Roussos, forever and ever. Oh, it reminds me of my mum, this. It, it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this song. Ever and ever. This is Demis Roussos. See you later. Bye. Sure.